Welcome to Ode to Games. I'm Kevin Valine, joined alongside Zach Ross. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing fantastic. We've got a lot to talk about this week. Logan's here as well. How you doing, Logan? Doing great. Before we hop into the news, quick shout out to our YouTube page. If you don't know already, we've shouted it out a couple of times, but it's usually at the end. So uh, if you haven't made it to the end on all the episodes, we have a YouTube page with the video version of the podcast at Ode to Games. So if you've been listening to the audio version, like, man, really wish they did a video version of this. We got it at Ode to Games. So you, you can, can check it out, see my hat. And- that Zach complimented. He's got the show. got a good hat, and you can see all of Zach's memorabilia. And, uh, no one noticed that I got a new bookshelf today. Oh, no, oh not one did. mention. It, it's short. Half oh, the that's size. true. It's it's half short. Short. Size. Nice bookshelf. It's same Zach. exact stuff, though. Thank you. So yeah, if, uh, you're you're missing out on some of this riveting stuff uh, if you're not watching the video version. So that's Addo to Games on YouTube. You can check out Zach's new shelf, and then go watch the older episodes and compare it to his previous shelf. I would have both shelves, but when I got the new shelf, I tried to move the old one, and it kind of exploded and disintegrated. So what, um, what? now I only have what the one. What do you mean by that? Is well, it just wood shape? It was okay. It... I forgot it was like nailed into the wall at the top for safety, and then I like oh. tried to like nudge it, and then the middle like gave way, and then it was like the back popped off, and then it was like <laughs> wiggling all over the place, and then it kind of just crumbled <laughs> from there. Wow. Dang. That sounds incredible. But uh, yeah, so I was going to have a big bookshelf and a small bookshelf. Now I just have a small bookshelf and many of my books are on the floor. So, so are you? do you have to get a, uh, a, a third, third bookshelf now? I think so, yes. <laughs> well, look forward to the episode when there's two bookshelves behind Zach. Anyways, let's get into a bunch of news that we've got this week. This is something that we just missed on last week's show, Final Fantasy VII, they were doing an anniversary event, and we all pretty much assumed that if they were going to show the second part of Final Fantasy VII Remake, this would be the time to do it, and we got it. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is the remake part two, was announced for next winter, and they also announced that the third part is in development, and that will be the last part, so this will be a trilogy, part one, part two, and part three. I love that. So I guess to start off, what did you guys think of the trailer? It looks like we are deviating a little bit more from, a lot more. from the main a game. Lot more. I never played that base game, yeah. so I, I do not know. But I will say, knowing that it is deviating from that, I think it's kind of clever how they're naming this. Where you've got part one, which is the remake, which for the most part seems to be a faithful enough remake until you get towards the end. Mm-hmm. And then rebirth for part two, where it's kind of birthing a new, uh, an entirely new experience. And then I don't know what part three will be yet, but I yeah, it's kind of restart. Re, <laughs> we're restarting. Redo. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I yeah, kind I of always assumed that they would follow at least a similar path, but at this point, I don't even know. I think Logan and I were talking; it could just be an entirely one hundred percent new thing that has nothing to do with the original game anymore which I guess would be super cool. But for people mm-hmm. who are trying to get like the first Final Fantasy experience out of this remake trilogy, that might not be as good for them, but they could always go back and play the first one, even though it's a little hard to swallow mechanically. That's um, why they visually. give you those speed-up features and stuff. Yep. <laughs> exactly. That's the way to play it. Uh, those, <laughs> those make it way easier. But yeah, th- I think it looks really good. Um, whatever they're going to do, I'm probably going to like it if they do you know, deviate extremely. 
And the the creator said that this is a good hopping in point for people new to the. I was interested. Yeah, I was curious about what that. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. That, like, does that mean we that... just disregard what happens in remake part one? Exactly. Or? Like, is that this why is a re- direct sequel to that. Rebirth. But if this is a good hopping in point, then you know it feels like anything's game. So does he mean that it's more of like a, a standalone experiences then, in, in a sense? I I have no idea, but I'm excited to find out. I think this story for me is like the most interesting and my favorite thing going on in games right now. I (laughs) adored what they did in, in seven remake and I'll try and tiptoe around spoilers. It's a little difficult now that we're talking about a sequel of not really a remake of a of a 25 year old game, but how they did totally deviate from the original at the end of remake and how there were kind of hints throughout remake that they were going to do something drastically different. And now they are. I'm very excited about it. I've spent the last two years hoping that this is what we would see, that we would see a sequel that does not like somewhat stick to the beats of the original, but change them a little, but just goes in a totally different direction. And to me, that's what it looks like. I mean, just based on the title alone, rebirth, and then the trailer is says the unknown journey will continue, implying like you have no idea what's going to happen. And then Nomura saying that this is a good place to start and that it is going to be extremely different than the original. I just love all of it. I love what they're doing so much. I think it is so unique. I know some people were disappointed, especially since the original was called Remake, uh, that it wasn't a totally faithful recreation. But I personally think that's way more interesting than just retelling the same story like, just doing something totally different, making it into a trilogy, which I also love that they told us we didn't know how long this thing was going to be, and now that we know it's a trilogy, and honestly, this game's coming out in holiday 2023, so like a two and a half year wait between entries, that is not bad these days for a massive 30-hour AAA game. I mean, you look at some of the, like, God of War, it's going to take like over five years to get the next entry. Zelda's going to take like five, six years to get the next entry. Like we were worried that it was going to take like 15 years to get this whole story, but they said that part three is already in early development. Part one came out 2020, part two, 2023. So what, like 2026 for part three, a six year journey for this whole thing. That's not bad. I'm happy with how fast they're, they're turning these things around. So yeah, all the way around. I loved this announcement. I'm super excited for for next year and for this fall. Yeah, there's more stuff here than just a Rebirth. That was the big headliner. But we also got a Crisis Core remake. And that'll be coming out this winter. And this is coming to all platforms. So if you're on Switch, this is the thing you get. Uh, this, <laughs> out of the Final Fantasy VII ethos, you get Crisis Core. This has big, yeah. like, Persona 5 Strikers energy. Like, you don't you don't get Persona 5, but you get the, the spinoff. Uh, but, I mean, it's cool. It's coming everywhere. But I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, and this is... It, it's not on the level of a Final Fantasy VII Remake Rebirth situation where they are... Where it is, like, completely different from, from the original game uh, graphically. But this is... This is more than just a remaster. This looks like they put in a lot of extra work. You you look at some of the side-by-sides from the PSP version uh, to, to the remake here, like it, it looks significantly better than that original version, which is great rather than just like a very by the numbers remaster that, that sometimes comes out from these things. What did you guys see from, from crisis core? Yeah. Logan worth pointing out that it's called crisis core reunion. So it's part of the remake series. 
So it'll probably change. Some I mean, it's stuff. all part of yeah. the Final Fantasy VII thing. If they're doing a remake of it now, of anything in the Final Fantasy VII universe, I feel like it's all going to be Connected. tied together in whatever the overarching plot mm-hmm. of of the of the remake trilogy is going to be. But it does seem like they're going to change the story of Crisis Core also because remake hints at some changes yeah. to Crisis Core story specifically involving a character that maybe maybe crisis core will will change that change change how some things go but super excited i mean one of my most anticipated games of the year now i have always wanted to i I mean the last two and a half years since i've become a big ff7 fan i've wanted to play crisis core but the only way to do so is on psp so i'm excited that uh, we're gonna get to be able to play it and it looks great like the characters, like, it looks close to the art style of, like, 7 Remake. The animation seems stiffer like a PSP game, mm-hmm. but visually, I think it looks really, really good. So I'm excited about this. Zach, how about you? Yeah, I'm also very excited. It's been locked on the PSP, so I haven't had a chance to play it. And I also don't really know much about the story. I know a few of the beats, but for the most part, it's going to be an entirely new experience for me. And the fact that it's going to be a buffer between now and part two when that comes out at the end of 2023 um you know we're getting basically a final fantasy 7 thing every year which is fantastic yeah, pretty much because you get remake and then you got i mean it's not integrate. a full game but you got integrated it was something yeah. is some new content then you have this and then you have uh you have part two yeah uh, and i know people have been asking about crisis core for a while so it's nice for them to finally go back now it it Begs the question: Are they going to be going with everything? Are we getting Dirt Dirt Cerberus and any of this other weird <laughs> stuff? Like there is a lot more to Final Fantasy VII than you would think yeah. at first glance. You got the movies. Yeah, it's 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 a whole thing. I feel like <laughs> we will get Dirt to Cerberus. I feel like if the if Rebirth coming out next year, a DLC in twenty twenty four. A Dirge of Cerberus remake in 2025, and then part three in 2026. We could have a game to play every year, seven years in a row. Oh, oh I like that. That works out. Seven, seven years. That'd be interesting doing that, though, because, you know, you have the remake of Final Fantasy VII. Everybody loves that. Mm-hmm. People love Crisis Core, so everyone's really excited for that. I don't think people really like Dirge of yeah, Cerberus I think it would much. need more retooling than just kind of a visual yeah. overall. <laughs> You need to get have something in there to get people hype instead of just be like, "Hey, Dirge of Cerberus is coming back. We know you wanted it. It is back." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder how far they go because there is a lot in in Final Fantasy VII to work with if they really want to kind of recreate the entire uh, universe of Final Fantasy VII. There's uh, a lot more that they could do even than the remakes and, and Crisis Core. But yeah, that's coming out this winter. Integrate is also coming out on Steam. It's out now. So that exclusivity <laughs> that that was on uh, a PlayStation for a while, that's uh, officially gone. Still not on Xbox, though. Yeah, so. that's weird. You know, when, they, when that first came out and there was a little sticker that was like, it's, it's an exclusive for a year. I don't know. I felt like it would be like once that year was up, it would be a little bit quicker to go to other platforms, but it just, it really hasn't. And now a couple years later, we're just now getting it for steam. I don't know. I, I, I kind of thought it would have been on Xbox by now. Yeah. But nope. <laughs> but right. for people who are on steam, uh, 
it's there for you. Rent-a-grade. Maybe there's some uh, bigger exclusive deal about how long until it can be on something like Game Pass. Maybe they're just going to launch it into Game Pass on Xbox, because there's a lot of Final Fantasy on Game Pass. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can see that being a thing. Yeah, we'll wait and see on that. And then we've got some mobile game stuff, including another remake of Final Fantasy VII. There's going to be another alternate Yep. Final Fantasy VII Universe with Final Fantasy Ever Crisis. When this first showed, I kind of thought it was the Pocket Edition like they did with Final Fantasy XV for Switch. But it is not. This is just mobile. I just find it funny that we're going to have the original Final Fantasy VII. And then we'll have the remakes, which is completely different. And then this on mobile, which seems to also be different than, than the original. So we have... Three different Final Fantasy VII universes going, two at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to play it because it's on mobile, but I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, this was announced, I think, at like Square Enix's thing last year. I don't remember. But yeah, it's going to retell the entire story in one game, like including Dirge of Cerberus and Crisis Core and mm-hmm. Advent Children. Like Everything is going to be in this game. Does that include the remake trilogy now? Like I, that's I, It's <laughs> different. It's a totally different thing. Like... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's on mobile, so <laughs> I don't think anyone's probably gonna not going to play it. But yeah, um, as a whole, what you guys think of the uh, of the anniversary event? I loved it. After after some previous Square Enix shows and just the uh, amount of nothing that they had, this was tight. They knew what they needed to show, and it was it was all pretty much there. I was I was very impressed by the show. I was glad that that they were able to bring everything like Crisis Core and and Part Two. Yeah, I was very happy to see what we needed to see, which was, you know, the remake part two, which turned out to be Rebirth. Uh, Coming sooner than expected, that's a plus. Mm -hmm. And then getting Crisis Core Reunion on top of that, even bigger plus. So absolutely great. Yeah, so Crisis Core leaked uh, like a day before the show. Everything leaks. And so I was like really worried. I was like, oh my God, are they just going to be like, we're still working on part two, but here's this. <laughs> so I was so relieved when they still showed Rebirth. I love the title. I love the direction. Also, I realized I did my math wrong. Three and a half years between entries, not two and a half. But I still think that's pretty fast for if it doesn't get delayed. After how long it took to get the first part out? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think that's a pretty good turnaround. Yeah. that's Yeah. So then you're, you're looking at maybe part three in like t- mid-2027, which, man, that feels far away. Like five years from now, we could be looking at part three, but... Yeah, I, I'm it just come out in 2019, excited. didn't it? Why did I think it no came 2020? Out in 2020? But or it came out in 2020. Yeah, but holiday 2023 will be three and a half oh, years yeah. from End the of spring. Start, yeah. Start yeah. Yeah. Time is warped. I feel like oh my God. I feel like Final <laughs> Fantasy VII remake just came out. Like it does not yeah. feel like it was over two years ago to me. But yeah, it super excited for this. Feel like it's been that long. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good show. Another show that we just got was the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Direct. So we've been sitting here waiting for when Nintendo was going to announce their E3-like Direct, the Summer Direct. And so far, this is this is what we've gotten. There were a lot of rumors coming out that there was going to be a Direct on the 29th. And some of those people still seem to think that that's going to happen. But for now, we have a 20-plus minute Direct on Xenoblade, which is out very soon and it looks good it looks it looks really good i 
really like the story that they showcased. I think it's a, a, a super interesting world that they're that crafting. It's always, the world is always a big selling point with Xenoblade because of just the areas that you go to, but more so the story here. I think the idea of, uh, if you're not going to watch the uh, the direct light spoilers that they go into here, but the idea that these characters only have a 10-year lifespan, I think, is really cool. I think that gives it more immediacy to, to things happening. And then on the combat side, you can switch characters in battle, and I'm so excited about that. Because in the previous games, if you wanted to like get a topple in or get a launch you have one of your characters do the move to like initiate the break and you're just waiting on the other character like please do the topple please do the topple come on and you're just waiting for him i'm so excited to be able to swap between characters you've never been able actually... to do that before no oh. you can so you pick the the character that you're going into the fight as and then you are that character before that fight so out of all the things that they show gameplay wise that was the biggest thing for me uh I, i'm really excited about that uh for you guys who have not really played much of xenoblade did you guys both watch watch the direct logan yes. i know that uh that you watched. i didn't exactly get you. a chance to i was i'm always worried that i'm gonna see spoilers for this series i don't know why i'm just <laughs> always cautious because i i don't know if i'm ever gonna play it so i'm always like tiptoeing around the stuff well there was there was nothing from the previous games they did have something blurred out though oh. on one of the character selects i don't know what that that's about but I guess, uh, yeah, Logan, I'll, I'll start off with you. Uh, what what did you think of the showcase for Xenoblade 3? Man, that combat looks so overwhelming to me, who has not played much of the series. It is numbers and symbols and text everywhere, man. Like, for a series vet like you, I'm sure you understood what was going on. But for me, I'm like, wow, this is just, this is a lot of information on the screen right now. Uh, like, it does not look like a game for newcomers. It looks like... This is, I mean, which isn't a bad thing. It's like, this is a game for Xenoblade fans. And it's a hardcore, passionate community of people who do like and play these games. And from what I saw, everyone was pretty happy with it. But I did think the story looked really cool. Like you said, I thought the 10-year thing was really interesting. Uh, and not only that, but you know exactly how much time you have left. There's even that, like, the, the connections map you can make, which I, I got to the point in the first one where I unlocked that, where it's like you yeah. make relationships with all the people in the different towns, and, and then you, that's kind of mapped and kept track of in your log. And I, I don't know if you caught this, Kev, but you see how long every character has left to live oh, on I didn't their see profile that. screen. Wow. So it's that's like crazy. it is just constantly looming over you, almost like Majora's Mask esque, like just this impending sense of doom for every <laughs> character that you know. So I think that as a concept is really, really interesting. Uh, I like the design of a lot of the main party a lot. I thought the characters looked cool. I didn't know that you couldn't swap between characters in previous entries. That seems like a huge deal and will make yeah, it a much more party-focused game. So that seems like a big win. But I thought that the, the Ouroboros thing looked really cool where two characters can kind of merge to create this like alien mech super anime thing that looks really cool and just does wicked damage i thought that was a super cool combat element too so i thought it looked great um i still am unclear on how much more you'll get out of this game if you played the entire series before it but yeah that yeah. i don't people were saying before that there was going to be a connection or that it was going to tie these things together but i mean maybe they're they're keeping that tight to the vest because that's that would be a thing that you would want to have like a reveal in game for. Mm -hmm. It's not something I don't, 
I don't think that you'd really want to show off in a direct like this. But at the same time, I do wonder how how much they're going to lean into that because if you just watch this, there's really nothing story wise mm-hmm. or even characters that are coming over from from the previous games. So yeah, I don't know how much it's going to connect, but I, I I do hope it does something there to to try and connect these universes. Yeah. And then I also, I thought it was really funny that they were like, oh, and your Shulk amiibo unlocks the Monado for your main character. Are they reprinting that? Like, they didn't say anything about that. It's like, hey, if you if locked you out and got one go. seven and a half years ago, uh, you, you can scan it in and, and get the Monado. I thought that was hilarious because that was one of the earlier amiibo. It came out February of 2015. So that was... Yeah, and most it was of the Switch audience doesn't know what a what a Wii U is. Yeah. So I don't think they were around for that. Yeah, that was that one was really really hard to find. It was GameStop exclusive, and it was a disaster to get that one. So you could I probably that resell fun. yours for a lot of money upcoming. When that game <laughs> yeah, I wonder <laughs> if everyone wants to get the Monado. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another big thing was that uh, with like the quest mapping, if uh, if you like put a waypoint on the map, it'll actually give you like directions. Not just on your mini map, but while you're roaming through the area, it gives you kind of like a a path to go. And that was always an issue with Xenoblade because the worlds are so vertical that you would go to an area where it says the quest is there. And it's like, oh, no, sorry, that's on like the third floor of this world. <laughs> like, OK, like now I got to like climb all the way up here. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that they knew that was an issue and, and, and fixed that with uh, with some actual like waypoints and 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 pathing to to get there so that's nice visually the game looks amazing too like uh, i'm a little torn on how i think on how the character models kind of look within the world i felt that way for xenoblade 2 also um, where i feel like they're super cell shaded when like the environments are not so i don't know the, the contrast is a little weird to me but the world itself and the enemy design i thought looked amazing like for especially for a switch game like i feel like it's really punching above its weight for the hardware kind of in a similar way to like as the monster hunter rise does like that game just looks too good for switch i feel that way about this game too so i'm really impressed with monolith and yeah everything they've been able to squeeze out of the switch yeah yeah the worlds that they craft they they know that that it's a selling point when they have like a certain part of the trailer where it's like yeah here's the lookout over this entire open area mm-hmm. up on up on one of the uh on the cliffs looks gorgeous and then they showed off so many like high level end game boss like fights and stuff that was funny yeah like already like level 75 and the immovable gonzalez he's back again to just be roaming around and you're level 10 or something and it's just like oh he's here he could just annihilate <laughs> me in like one shot <laughs> he's back and we got confirmation of a torna like story expansion coming sometime next yes year. yes yeah. we got uh news of an expansion pass so you'll be getting some New items and things, and then at the end of the expansion pass, there's going to be new story content. We don't know how much that's going to be, but assumedly it'd be similar to what Torna was. And if it is like what Torna was, then it's totally worth the what I think thirty dollars. Thirty bucks, yep. Thirty bucks for the season pass. Torna was substantial. That was a you know a fifteen to twenty hour adventure right there. So if it's anything like that was, uh, definitely worth the worth the thirty for that. Yeah, I was. Very impressed with it, with the Direct as a whole. It got me more excited for it. I still don't know what I'm going to be playing that month, though, because there's a lot. You've got Live Alive coming out. Xenoblade comes out, like, 
a week? Is it a week? It's a week after, after yeah. It's a week after that. And then within a month, at least for me, Saints Row will be out. Man, that's soon. Oh, yeah, and, the next month. Whoa, and, and, we're coming and, up and July on... July starts next week. We're coming up on Sonic 2 coming out in Japan. That's in like oh, two months. Yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> we're slowly we're chugging out. along. I'll be there opening night <laughs> months late. You're the only one. <laughs> That's awesome. So did this did this trailer change anything for you either for Xenoblade 3 or you've been trying to, to play some of the earlier games? I still want to play you the own, first one. You own the earlier games. Yeah, I still want to play Definitive Edition of Xenoblade 1. Uh, I just don't, still don't know if the combat is for me, so I'm not going to drop 60 on a, another entry with similar combat before giving the first one another go. I, I really want to like them. I like the, I like the world, um, but yeah, I've, I've just struggled with the combat so far, so maybe once I get more into it in the original, I'll pick this one up eventually. I also really have no interest in 2. I don't know why. I, I don't care about Rex at all. I, I want to skip 2. <laughs> I, I do yeah. like the original more than 2. Uh, definitely in the story department. I remember way more about the first one than I do about Xenoblade 2. I really don't remember too much of what happened in there. The world, again, in Xenoblade 2 is absolutely stunning. Like, the locations that they've crafted and that world is still fantastic, but I don't mm -hmm. think it's as memorable as that first one was. But 3 looks cool. Three, I think 3 looks really, really cool. I like the party designs. Uh, I like the story concept. So, I'm interested... And like you said, I, I am committed to Live Alive. I pre-ordered that game, so that, that's what I'll be playing around that time. And then I'm worried if I don't pick up Xenoblade 3, it'll go out of print physically, and then will be impossible to find, like the second one. Yeah. <laughs> it's out of print in Japan, too. Xenoblade 2 is. Oh, man. Uh, so that one's really hard to find. Yeah. Because at this point, I think I'd go Live Alive first. Just because I think it's a smaller experience and I think I could get that done by the time Saints Row comes out. Because Saints Row, for now, for me, is top priority. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't want to pick... I don't think I need to pick pick up Xenoblade right as it comes out. But mm -hmm. man, you never know with those things. Live Alive is going to be up. the first game we're all playing at the same time in a long time. Like When was the last time we all, we all were able to talk about the same game at the same time? All three that? of mm -hmm. us? Yeah. Yeah. What would that We didn't been? play together. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I have no the idea. One, the last one that we played together was Sonic uh, Minecraft. Team Sonic, <laughs> Sonic, oh, Minecraft. Sonic Minecraft. <laughs> Sonic Racing. Uh -huh. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Builders. It's been a while. Zach, you have any interest in Xenoblade at all? Uh, yeah, I would like to play them at some point. I don't know if I'd buy it. I'd probably just borrow it from Logan. So if he's holding off, maybe just send it my way for a little while. See if I play it. Yeah. Don't know how long it is. Probably pretty it's long. Fifty to sixty hours for the that's, first one. Oh, that's too long. And I then I put that. in like eighty-five into two. Dang, they're long right. games. They Those are, are very long sure. games. And if you want to go for a lot more of the side quests, it gets even longer. So yeah, be prepared for. I like for a, a good long JRPG. That's what Xenoblade is. We all played Horizon, but not at the same time. No, I was, Kevin was I late. Could not. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kevin's always late. Mario 3D World. I tried with the PS5. Looks like maybe the last one. Oh, we yeah. played that together though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I said not together. So yeah, so we all played it. It at takes the same two, time, but it's we not played. multiplayer. But yep. we were like sporadically oh, playing it. We, too. we, we, we didn't finish a long it time. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Then we'll have a, a game to. All play at the same time. Talk about, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm not gonna buy it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna bow out. And then real quick, Next I just want to say that in terms of a Nintendo Direct and why did this presentation come when it did, I think it's important to remember that Xenoblade moved up in release date. It was supposed to come out in September and then got moved to July. So it's very possible they had plans for this event in like August or even early September. And we're just like, we need to promote this game now. I don't think it lessens the chance at all of a general direct coming up. Usually I would think something like this would, but I think just because of the weird situation that this game got moved up in the calendar, they just had to find a week for a presentation for it. So I still think a general's on the way at some point. I think next week does make a lot of sense. My current running theory is that the next Minions movie comes out next Friday, and I have a feeling there might be a Mario movie trailer for that movie, uh, just because it's Illumination. And I feel like Nintendo would want to debut that trailer first, like how they announced the cast themselves in the Direct. So I'm thinking next week they'll debut the trailer before that movie comes out in a Nintendo Direct. So that's that's my tinfoil hat theory, is that next week is still the time. Can't say I thought we'd be talking about the Minions movie at all Minions. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting. I do not like Minions. I'm cosplaying a Minion right now. Hey, Flannel Fall? illumination in in summer all right let's move on to uh another news item another thing that we talked about dragon's dogma was also going to be getting a presentation and it did and dragon's dogma 2 was announced that's it yep we, we that's, that's that's it don't know much about dragon's dogma <laughs> we're making it um, <laughs> yeah and we have we have gotten several of these in the past couple of months where you just get logo or you just get confirmation that it's happening and Mm -hmm. that's it and for the series fans i'm sure it's nice to know that something is in development i mean the first one's 10 years old so to know it all that something is in the works is great but for someone who is not into dragon's dogma at all you just don't care because there's nothing Mm -hmm. there's a name I don't know. Logan, you had some thoughts on this? I did, yeah. Well, first, I just want to say real quick, if you are interested in learning more about whatever Dragon's Dogma 2 will be like, the original uh, is on sale right now on all platforms. It's 10 bucks on Switch. It's 5 bucks on PlayStation. So, yeah, you can go and pick that up cheap if you just want to play a little bit. Yeah, always. I don't know why they didn't just say this in the Capcom showcase, because they were like, we're going to have a special Dragon's Dogma thing in two days. And then they just announce it. How It would have taken the same amount of time to say Dragon's Dogma 2 is in development. And it's like, oh, did they not want to take away from their big announcement of the show? And then their big announcement was like 10 new seconds of Resident Evil 4. It wasn't even like a huge thing. Like that would have been overshadowed by a Dragon's Dogma 2. I thought it was just stupid to not just include that in the Capcom showcase. And instead make everyone tune into this event, which was at the exact same time as the Final Fantasy event. Like, literally the same time. It was a 10-minute thing that started at 3 o'clock. I thought it was just bizarre. I didn't even realize... I mean, for me, they're all in the morning afterwards. But I didn't realize that that they were at the exact same time. That is... That is suicide right there. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah, it's dumb. You know that people are going to be going to Final Fantasy instead. Especially if you have nothing to show. Mm-hmm. I guess they really wanted to show off, what was it, Exo Primal? Yeah. But people do <laughs> really love the original Dragon's Dogma. I was looking into it more yeah. after this announcement, and it looks cool. Like, 
not to use the popular buzzword of the year, but it looks like Monster Hunter plus Elden Ring to me. Like, it looks really cool. Like, that kind of fantasy, like, dark fantasy vibe that looks like, like what Elden Ring had. And then Capcom giant monster sword fighting, which looks very much like Monster Hunter. Also, some Shadow of the Colossus, you, like, climb the monsters. So. Okay, I don't know why, but I was just picturing a Yakuza game in my head, and I guess that's pretty far off base. That's <laughs> <laughs> very far off base. You think my bad. Dragon of Dojima, is that why? That's yeah, honestly probably 100% why I was thinking. Sleeping was dogs? Dragon's Dogma? Yep. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not doubting that the first one uh, is a good game, but when you when all you show is just, hey, Dragon's Dogma 2, and then, and then peace out, it doesn't really... Yep. Give you much. Next time we're gonna hear anything about this game. Two (laughs) years. Doesn't really make you care. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make like if they showed off like some of Dragon's Dogma two. Maybe that makes me want to go back and play the first one. But if there's nothing there, I don't know. I'm not. There's there's not much to to make me want to go back Mm -hmm. and uh, and try out the first one. But people seem to like it a lot. So look forward to. I did grab the first one since it was five bucks. I did download it. I don't know if I'll ever touch it, but I was like, eh, whatever, five dollars. <laughs> yep. You know, when when they announce an actual you know release window in like two mm-hmm. years, you can mm-hmm. be you can, you can hop back in and and play the first one a little bit closer to when Dragon's Dogma Two is coming out. Yeah. Some more Final Fantasy stuff. This is not on Final Fantasy Seven. This is on Final Fantasy Sixteen. So, IGN did an interview recently with Naoki Yoshida about Final Fantasy 16 and gave us a couple of tidbits. It's not going to be open world. Is this going to be open zone? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of call it that. I mean, that's that's technically what it is in the sense that these are zones that you are yeah, in. I like the term. And you're going to different areas, uh, not not like the, the zones of, of, of Sonic games. But I think that h- how we put it is makes me more excited for this rather than an open world design where it's like, yeah, we don't want to just be constrained by one, one world that you have to jam everything into. You can kind of make more distinct locations. I think when you, when you make an, an open zone game, when mm-hmm. you have open areas that you explore, I think that can be a much better design choice than just making some massive open world that, uh, that has to be cohesive in that way. I, I think, uh, I think that's a good way to go for this. I was thrilled to hear that. You guys know I don't love open world games. I love open yeah. area games like this. I'm I'm thrilled about that design choice. Yeah, I'm still suffering from that open world fatigue of the last year or so. Every game just open world, open world. So yeah, having a nice open zone, semi-linear experience. Absolutely, absolutely you know, appeals to me. And my big takeaway from this was that I think he confirmed that there is in fact a party system with other characters, yep. NPCs that, yes, that will play alongside AI controlled yeah. characters as well. Yeah. So. so I'm excited about that. That was one of the things I was worried about because one of my, you know, if they're doing a traditional high fantasy, final fantasy, um, you would think that a party system would fit perfectly for that. So I'm glad that they are leaning into that. Um, and I, I about it in that sense, but yeah, that is true. Yeah, I, I still hate his name, Clive. What is the last name? I forgot. Clive Barker. Clive. Eh, Clive. Something like that. Clive. I, I, his, his first name's Clive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His first name's Clive. Chaos. I don't yeah. know. 
For me, this one's going to come down to the combat because I adore the combat in Final Fantasy VII Remake. That made me try Final Fantasy XV. I don't think I ever talked about it. A few weeks ago, I tried Did Final you? Fantasy XV. Wow, I hated the combat. I thought it was terrible. Uh, so I stopped playing it and I deleted it from my PlayStation. I'm not going to play that game. And then a lot of people who work on Final Fantasy XIV are working on this, of which the combat was pretty boring. Uh, we, uh, we only played like 10 hours of a multi-hundred hour MMO but didn't love what I played there either. So for me, it's going to come back down to, it is a real-time system. What does that feel like uh, it is going to be huge for me? Because everything else they're saying looks great. I think the world looks great. The the They're kind of going away from the more steampunky nature of like 15 and 7 and going to more high fantasy, which I'm excited about. I think it looks gorgeous. I think the giant kaiju fights look amazing. In a, a couple separate interviews, because he was going around to all different outlets doing interviews, they talked about the the big battles um, with the, like, the titans, the, the summons that we saw. And they said that everyone's going to be different. One of them's going to be like a 3D shooting game, and one's going to be like a professional wrestling match, is, is what is what he said. So, like, these are all going to be very different. I think that's a really cool concept. So, everything about this game, I'm all in. I just need to know more about the combat system. Yeah, with the, with the kaiju battles, when we saw that first trailer, it was a little bit worrying because you saw a couple of these attacks land. It's like, yep, there goes the health bar. It's yeah. gone. <laughs> So, 300,000 damage. Yeah, so to know that there's a little bit more going on there and that there, there will be different gameplay styles depending on certain things, I think that is a key to keeping these fights fresh because I think that was one of the concerns is that they're kind of just throwaway. That, oh, you like grow into this big monster and then it's just, you know, either like the same fight or really simple just like big attacks and then it's over. So to know that they're really trying to switch things up with those fights, I think. Uh, makes me more excited about them than what I saw in that initial trailer that they showed. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he was talking about the combat, and you mentioned Final Fantasy VII Remake, and he was saying that this is going to be different, that um, they're going for something entirely new here, whether we're talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake or even some of the people that were working on uh, the MMO, Final Fantasy XIV, they wanted to make something completely di completely different. This is uh, a new concept, a new direction, again, with the... Uh, with the style that they're going for, that more medieval style, they're going for uh, a new combat system and the summon abilities and swapping and chaining and things. So we don't know a whole lot yet, um, but hopefully it'll take some things from those previous games and more so be like an evolution. Yeah. Uh, of as much as seven was as much as I hated strangers of paradise, the combat was actually enjoyable. So they could <laughs> I also pull from that, that as well. <laughs> I forgot you played. I forgot that. you played that. Yeah, I played the demo. I did yeah, not buy the I game. You played I that, that at all. Record. Yeah. So that's Final Fantasy 16. I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that as the weeks and months go. That's coming out next summer, summer 2023. That'll be here before we know it. Yeah. One last little bit of news before we get into our rumor roundup. Dragon Quest 10 offline finally got a another release date after it got pushed back, September 15th. In Japan, and still nothing on any sort of Western release, which is very disappointing. Yep. I'll probably, I want to pick it up when it comes out here, just, just to try it out and see what Final Fantasy X is, because I really don't have any interest in playing the MMO version of it now. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm disappointed that they weren't going to try and make it work over here. Maybe they are, and maybe this is a further down the line thing. But man, I thought this was the perfect opportunity to bring 10 over. And it's still disappointing to me that they've said nothing about 
any sort of plans to to bring this one over. Yeah. Also, this a, sorry, this totally random thought I just had. We still haven't heard about treasures this month. We still, I mean, it's we still got to be in a direction next. So week. there's got to be, gotta be an agenda direct next week. That's true. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. said look out for more information in June. I was predicting that it was going to be part of summer summer games fest. I think, yeah, prediction uh-huh. or something. Because it might just be its own thing. Because right at the end of June, it's a Switch game. Is it just a Switch game? It's, I believe it's it on Switch. Yeah, it's at, it's at least on yeah. Switch. I don't know if it's a Switch exclusive. Yeah, but yeah we got to be hearing that. But yeah, ten offline. I really want it. Also. I don't know why you make that and then don't localize it. Like it seems like the perfect it's way such a weird to bring decision. it over. Yeah, it we are, it's especially they already have after 10. how big here. eleven was mm-hmm. here. Like it's there's an audience for it here, mm-hmm. clearly. But yeah, for treasures, um, you have to think that there's going to be some sort of Nintendo thing because if if they were going to have a showcase for it. They would have said something by now, mm-hmm. like Square Enix oh, would have. Okay. Or Dragon we're Quest thinking it might right? be a next. Is that what we're? Yeah, thinking? Uh-huh. yeah. Because okay. I don't know. This isn't something that you just like. I guess they could shadow drop it on, on Twitter or something, but, man, I don't know. I think we'll I would. See. I would assume that it was it because they already had it in their own little showcase already. They had a, a Dragon Quest. Uh, was it an anniversary? Yeah, there, mm-hmm. there was a. There was a little thing that they put together. And, they announced 12, and if they already yeah. did that, I feel like it'd be kind of weird if they just kind of dropped a little trailer like on, on their <laughs> a socials. A month later. <laughs> just like four weeks. They're like, wait for more info in June. Four weeks later. All right, here's the trailer. It's got to be a part of a direct. That totally lends credit that we're still going to get one in the next week. All right, confirmed. That's our rumor for this <laughs> week. <laughs> because rumor roundup, we actually have news. But yes, rumor for this week is 29th. Uh, Dragon Quest Treasures is going to be at the Nintendo Direct. Yep. Because we need to hear something about it. Why don't we get into our rumor roundup slash news roundup? Okay. What do we got this week, Logan? Real quick, I can't remember. Last week, did we talk about uh, the action style and the uh, high speed style or not? I don't think we mentioned that. Doesn't that doesn't Okay, because this is... I think we had a lot going on last okay, week. Okay, this is outstanding. There are two different play styles in Sonic Frontiers. This is coming out from impressions of people who played at Summer Game Fest. We, we told you last week we would talk about that this week. Two play styles to choose from. Action style, which gives Sonic a bit of extra weight as he moves around, and high speed style, which is considerably faster. Rest assured, if Sonic looked a bit slow in previous trailers, it feels much better when you're actually playing it. Apparently, they're billing action style as an experience for casual players and high speed style for Sonic veterans. I'm super excited about that. It's great. Yeah, I think that's outstanding. Forces had the easy mode where you just lost 10 rings if you got hit instead of losing all your rings if you got hit. That's dumb. This is a much better way. Without having seen or played it myself, I guess I think action style will be like Lost World where he kind of just runs around a lot slower. Uh, And then high speed style will be what we're used to in like the the boost game. So I love that. Uh, The the impressions that are coming out are are, are fairly positive and say the footage Sega provided does not show what this game actually plays like. Which What was that rollout? This is the worst rollout for a game I've ever seen. Uh, But yeah, this is from Nintendo Everything who played the game at Summer Game Fest. And they say that... exploring the world is fun that it's well designed uh that it could be it could reward player curiosity more than any other previous entry there's a lot to see in the first area controlling sonic feels natural like this is everything we want to hear this sounds great from these impressions so 
just I'm, I'm very excited about that reading through these um it, maybe we're going through like a reverse sonic cycle here where you see the game it looks bad and then it's actually good when it comes out instead of they're trying to trying their hardest to make this polish this thing up to make it look serviceable mm-hmm. and then it comes out and it's garbage yeah yeah i i take the other way where it starts off like crap and then by the end it's looking great yeah we still need to release date for this game though I thought, I, I thought we'd get it's one coming out this year. Yeah, no, this it's year, not. <laughs> sometime. And then continuing IGN's IGN first for the month of June, uh, they sat down with Ian Flynn, who this is still the part of the game I am most excited about. He is the writer of the comics that I've read since I was like in middle school, like over a decade ago, uh, and he is writing the story for this game and. He has talked a little bit about what it's going to be about, saying Sonic, Tails, and Amy embark for the Starfall Islands to investigate the disappearance of the Chaos Emeralds. Things take a turn for the dramatic immediately, and Sonic is left alone with a lot of questions. The story is his journey to uncover all the mysteries of the islands, rescue his friends, and discover how everything ties together. Uh, talking about how it will fit together, since it's an open zone game, Flynn says the biggest question was to how to pace out each story beat when the player has the freedom to take the islands at their own pace. That had to be uh, massaged and revised as the game's structure took shape. It'll be interesting to see how it all comes together in the finished project. He also said that Eggman is in the game and we get to take his character in some interesting directions in Sonic Frontiers. He describes the tone of the story as melancholy, but saying Sonic's indomitable spirit carries him throughout the adventure, and it's what allows him to help each of his friends as they tackle their own personal challenges. And I've said it before, I'll just say it again. Ian Flynn has the best understanding of the Sonic characters of anybody I've ever seen. I love their characterization in the comic books. I've been reading the ongoing series, the IDW published series. It's fantastic. So I'll say it now. I think this is going to be the best written story in any Sonic game. Like the Sonic story is usually laughably bad. Yeah, what what, what would be second be place? Oh my that God. Story. Um, like adventure. <laughs> Um, Did it? Heroes? Okay, honestly, I don't mind Unleashed's story. Unleashed was fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember too much of it. Like, it was was inoffensive. But everything in the post-Colors era, when they rebooted the voice actors and totally changed the tone to just be about Sonic, Tails, and Eggman, the stories in Colors, Generations, Lost World, Forces are all horrible. So at the very least, it's going to be the best with Roger Craig Smith, since they have rebooted the voice acting. So, I'm just really excited for all of that. And then last thing here, Sonic Origins is out and there is there's leftover assets in there for Sonic Frontiers for some reason and they're all named Cy- Cyber Hologram, Cyberspace Noise, a bunch of different cyber things. Uh, so basically people are saying it's confirming these cyberspace levels which are supposed to be like the traditional levels. Uh, that will also be within Frontiers, which we also saw like two seconds of leaked footage of from Summer Games. Why are they Fest. showing that? Come on. We need to see those. But yeah. We it, need to see it by the end of the month. Zach, any thoughts on gameplay impressions, story, or anything else we talked about here with Frontiers? Yeah, I was. When he says that each of Sonic's friends will be facing their own personal challenges, that makes me think that Amy isn't dead, which is a little <laughs> The upsetting. challenge is she's dead. The challenge is death, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, overall, I'm definitely excited about it. I don't think I'm going to play it on release because I think I'm going to wait for us all to play it together. So uh, you're the only one who's actually going to have, unless, Kevin, are you playing it before we all play it together? 
if it's like a masterpiece, as well. Yeah, if it's like the best out, I'm not picking it up on launch because yeah. yeah, I do want to wait until we can all play it together. But if it comes out and people are like, "This is incredible! Like this is the best Sonic game ever," I'll probably play it. Regardless, yeah. we'll still all play it together, even if we all Eventually. play it apart. Of yeah, course. we'll still all get together and play it. But yeah, I don't know. To me, it's yeah. I think I think I hope it's one that you guys will want to pick up uh, before before so. we we all get together. I'm still baffled by that first gameplay video they released with that combat. It yeah. just turned me off so bad. But I'm glad that that's just not a good representation of the game. Apparently, yeah. Now it's just winning people back over. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for is, this. The issue is, is, it was the first thing they showed. If there was a couple of trailers where it looked quite good, and then there was a trailer where I was like, oh, that was kind of, that was kind of garbage. Mm-hmm. Like you had some things to fall back on, but if that's the first thing you show, people see it and they're like, wow, this is trash. There's a lot of people that are just going to tune out completely. Yeah, like that's it. You had the chance. And then even with. Uh... Mitchell Saltzman's exclusive gameplay impressions, which came out before Summer Game Fest, where we talked about this last week, where he talks about the challenge where you have to get from point A to point B, whatever path you want to take in a limited amount of time. I'm like, that's what I wanted to see. That is what I, that is the Forza Horizon type of challenge I wanted to see in the initial gameplay. But instead, they're just like, show Sonic putzing around, <laughs> doing wide statues. And- <laughs> yeah, so I'm very excited. I'm very excited for Frontiers. I hope it's good. Curious what that switch and I hope the, look like though. What, the cyberspace levels are better than the null space level. <laughs> That's Me the first too. Thing I Me too. I hope those are good. I hope those are replayable um, and and complex, yeah. like generations levels. They got to show them soon. Yeah, that's that's got to yeah. be part of of this month of of Sonic at some point. All right, Zach. Uh, that's gonna be it for news. It's, right. it's been a little while since we've uh, gone over what we've been playing. We've had uh, uh, a lot so of much. showcases over the past couple of weeks. Can we All stick right. with Sonic real quick, Zach? Can we start there? I would, I, I would love to stick with Sonic. Have you been playing Sonic? I have. Yeah, last night I bought Sonic Origins when it came you out. You crumbled. Uh-huh. I don't know <laughs> if I ever said I wasn't going to buy it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I love it. Like, I this has brought the original Sonic trilogy plus Knuckles plus CD up to the quality of Sonic Mania, which is just awesome. Uh, I ne- So this totally remasters these games in a 16 by 9 aspect ratio, so it takes up the whole screen. You can play in anniversary mode, which is that totally redone mode, or classic mode, which is still the letterbox 4x3 original, but playing in anniversary mode breathes such new life into these games that I actually enjoy them. I have always struggled with the classic 2D Sonic games. I have, in some form or another, played all the levels, but I, like, plug in the cheat codes to just, like, try out the level, finish it. I've So I've played all these levels, but I've never sat down and just played it like a game from start to finish because I find them really frustrating and not that fun. I did not think they held up well, but this remaster is so good. Because of that new aspect ratio... It's so important for how fast these games are. You can actually see what's coming. Where I even tested this out. I'm like, okay, am I just better at Sonic games now? Or is this really 
better. So I played the classic mode of Sonic 1. I'm like, nope, still don't like this. Because you can't see what's coming up and you just slam into enemies, you slam into walls. But when you play in that widescreen mode, you can see everything that's coming. It looks fantastic. I'm playing in handheld mode on Switch OLED where it just looks gorgeous. But then the biggest thing is that lives are gone. So you never have to worry about a game over. Not even that, the game saves every time you hit a checkpoint. And you can turn off the game. You can close the software, play a few matches of Fall Guys, which is out on Switch now, come back and start right from your last checkpoint with how many rings you had and just keep going. So if you're frustrated on a part and you just need to step away, you can do that. You can go and play Sonic 2 or Sonic 3. Like, it's just amazing. It is amazing what they've done. And instead of lives, now when you get 100 rings, you get a coin. And those coins can be spent to unlock memorabilia in the digital museum. Or, what I think they're more useful for, is one coin can be used to instantly retry a special stage to get a Chaos Emerald if you fail it. So, those special stages you guys know from Mania, they're brutal. They're even harder in the original games. And if you fail it, you can spend one of your coins to try it again right away without having to do the unlock requirements to get to the special stage. So, it has made these things so playable and approachable for 2022. I'm super impressed with this collection. Uh, and then you can play like Sonic 1. You can play as Knuckles. He didn't even exist when Sonic 1 came out. But you can play as Sonic, Tails, or Knuckles in any of the game. In Sonic 2, you can play as Knuckles with Tails following behind you. Like, it's just, it's so cool. They even, you guys remember the drop dash in Sonic Mania? Where like, if you hold the jump button when you're in the air, he builds up speed. Then when you hit the ground, he, he zooms off. Right. That's in all four games now. You can just do that all the time. It's just retroactively built into his classic moveset. So it feels like Mania. It plays great. I love it. I highly recommend it if you guys want to try out the original Sonic trilogy because I never recommended these games to you guys before because they're frustrating and hard and they're still jank, right? It's Sonic. They're still cheese and jank. But used to that. it is the best way to play the original Sonic games, which is super exciting. Like... Yeah, I, I was texting Kevin a little bit last night about uh, Xenoblade. I was like, I got to go to bed. And then I was up for another hour and a half playing Sonic. Like, I just couldn't put it down. I, I couldn't put it down. It was just so much fun. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with this collection. The lives are a big deal for me. Yeah, because it's huge. When yeah, I played Sonic huge. Mania, Sonic Mania is a great game. Great music. Looks fantastic. Those levels are great. You get to some of the later areas. I just couldn't do it because you had to go through two stages and then do a boss fight. And it was so demoralizing to get to the boss fight. You have one life left, and it's like, I have no chance. I just have to learn something about this boss. And then you get launched back to the start of those two stages. And then you got to do all that again to get to the boss again mm -hmm. just to get another and shot like at 10 it. Minute and it's what ultimately, yep. what ultimately made me put down Sonic Mania. I never beat it. And honestly, I don't really have a desire to go back because that just left a sour taste in my mouth. So to have those accessibility options, whether it's, you know, like checkpoint saving or the removal of lives is huge. Yeah. Me, when I played Sonic Mania, when I got to the final, final boss, I had to look up a YouTube video beforehand so I would know his attack pattern so I wouldn't get instantly annihilated because I only had one life left. The Super like, Sonic boss? Shot. Yeah, and yeah. then I won and I beat it and I was I was very happy about that. But yeah, that, that live, no lives thing, so much easier to swallow. It made me wish... Mania was a part of this collection with that feature included because I love that game, but it is the lives thing is tough 
in Sonic Mania. Or they could like roll out an update for it mm-hmm. that yeah. that puts in that feature, even if the game's been out for a while now. That would be cool. It's interesting. It's very much feels like it's like almost even though it's older games, it feels like a sequel to Mania in that like the sound effects like on the menu are the same. Like just the, the intro video has similar vibes. There's new animated cutscenes that intro each game and they're beautiful and brand new and just gorgeous animations that intro all four games. It's like, it's an awesome collection. There's a mission mode I didn't even talk about uh, where you can like, oh, beat this with like a one ring challenge or beat this without touching any enemies. Like really cool, like NES remix style missions that exist in this thing. Like it's an awesome package. I did pay for the deluxe edition for the ultimate fun pack. I was going to ask about pack. that because we talked about that on the show a little bit ago, the deluxe fun pack. Yeah, I just didn't want to mess around with that i feel like an idiot for not pre-ordering since i bought it like a half hour after it came out because you get like a hundred free coins i think if you pre-ordered and that would have been huge i it hurts that i don't have that trying to retry some of these special stages that's what we were talking about when we saw that graph i'm like what are these coins yeah it's a huge that's what they do yeah i wish that i had (laughs) pre-ordered uh but yeah, it comes with uh, some extra missions and things you can do. You can, like, zoom around the islands, which is actually kind of fun. Like, it was five bucks. It's oh. it's gross, but whatever. <laughs> whatever, Sega. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Gotta get the extra five dollars. It's super... There's also a mirror mode that you get when you pre-order that you don't unlock until you beat all four games in the normal game, which isn't a big wow. deal for me. I'll never play that. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I highly recommend you guys pick up Origins some point when it goes on sale down the line because it's by far the best way to play the original Sonic games. Like, hands down. It's it's great. Yeah, I have to keep, keep my eye out for it when, yeah. uh, when it's on sale sometime. And Logan, you did mention briefly that Fall Guys is now out on Switch. It is also out on Xbox. It's out on other platforms because the new free-to-play version of Season 1, the new Season 1, we're just calling it Season 1, a little confusing, but it is out, and we have had the chance to play it. Logan, are you okay? Is your cat freaking out right now? Yeah, do you hear him? Is is it coming through? No, we can (laughs) hear him. Gotta love the cat friends. Yeah. Yeah, he's freaking out. We love his cameo (laughs) appearances. (laughs) Again, check it out on YouTube. Head of the games. He's been freaking out all morning. I'm gonna hold him. Oh, there he, he just is. needs yeah. some love. Okay. He wants to talk did, about did, Fall Guys. Did, yeah, did yeah. he play some Fall Guys? He was in the room when I was playing Fall Guys. He's got some Ooh. opinions. Mm-hmm. Did he enjoy the new levels? Because we sure did. <laughs> we really like the, we, we the new additions that they added to, to Season 1, especially the races, but not so much the... What stages do we have? There's a survival stage that's pretty bad. The finales are good. Yeah, finales How are many really stages good. do they add There's overall? Six? Seven? Seven new stages? Seven? Seven, yeah. so it's... Basically, uh, an entirely new season's worth of stages. Uh, and, you know, pretty solid comparatively to things like Season 2 and Season 5, which were some of the weaker ones. But the big revamp is that it is now cross-play on all platforms, including Switch, Xbox, PC, and PlayStation. There is now a PlayStation 5 version, which I downloaded and didn't work with cross-play. Immediately, there were issues. Um, really? So I had to go back to the old PS4 version in order to get cross-play to work with Logan and a couple of other friends who were playing on both PlayStation and Switch, mm-hmm. uh, but we got it to work eventually. Is that um, a known issue? Or are they, like, going to... Yeah, yeah, there's that? a lot of people talking about it. There were some cross-play issues on Switch also. I've been playing the Switch version a little bit, and you can't invite friends right now on Switch to join you. Like, 
We played with a friend who was playing on Switch, and we could invite him from PlayStation, and he could join, but he could not invite us. So it's like... It, it, Weird. It, it, there were points where you could, but it's just kind of broken right now for being so Yeah, new. I guess you work out the kinks with this when... Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is a big thing going to all these different platforms and doing cross-progression, or trying to at least. Yeah. Yeah. And all that stuff. Yeah, but we have been loving it a lot so far. It feels like the original Season 1, there are a ton of people playing and they're all so bad at the game we're just <laughs> racking about up wins that. non-stop i need to it play it crazy. so i can get a legit win not a yeah, squad I still have yeah. it uh-huh yeah we're my chance we are consistently either winning or getting like second or third place in the finales it is insane it does mm-hmm. feel like season one of fall guys again which is a lot of fun that's kind of what we were hoping for and uh the battle pass we unlocked immediately, I think, just for being legacy players. Yep, for owning the game. No, new players, yeah, new players don't. So confirmed, so if you just had the PS, PS Plus, Plus version, so you do get the $10 battle pass for free, even though you've never paid wow. for the game. So that's super nice. I guess you have to be legacy because you were there at the start. That was a limited time thing. Yeah, uh-huh. So, yeah. It's cool, though. It's great, though. Yeah. The Switch version's a little creaky. You kind of feel like it, it could fall apart at any moment. This The main menu, especially, is so laggy. You're just rotating your Fall Guy around. It chugs at, like, 10 FPS. But then in-game, it, it works. Um, game runs at 30 FPS. Not all of it, though. Your character runs at 30 FPS, and then the other characters chug along at, like, 20 FPS, so they look kind of funny. I've seen some videos of it. Yeah. Um, especially when there's 60 people in a race. I haven't played enough to know what that's like in a tail game where you have to grab other players, um, but it works. Like To get a 60-person multiplayer game running on Switch seems like a feat, so it's definitely playable. Like If it's all you have, it's certainly worth downloading and playing on Switch. Um, like Yeah, I have cross-progression set up. I buy a costume. It's instantly there on PlayStation. That's pretty awesome. But yeah, I'm happy that it's back. It was trending again on Twitter the other day when it first launched. Like, a lot of people are jumping into this for the first time uh, that maybe don't have a PlayStation or just missed it the first time or coming back to it now that it's free to play and has, like, 60 games as opposed to the 25 it had when it started. So, yeah, Fall Guys, yeah. it's it's a great time to hop back in. Yeah, especially now that we, we've played quite a few rounds. We played, like, 85, 80, like, 90 games total. We've gotten, like, three team games the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> like they are gone. They, they have entirely nerfed team games like Mm -hmm. there's a challenge going on currently and one of the challenges is just like play two team games and it's been at zero since we started playing because there just aren't any team games anymore which is crazy to me like you think they would show up at some point but no they have been they knew they were the weak link they they are the weak link but they still should show up at some point like we have gotten almost none which is less than i would want you know i i think still get Team games still hold a place in this game. They they should be a little more frequent than they currently are. But overall, very very good impression of season one so far. Yeah, it's great. I need to hop back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Play this I need to try and so. get that. I need to try and get that dub. <laughs> you do need to get that dub. That one legit dub, and then I can I can be at peace with with Fall Guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Logan, anything other than Sonic and Fall Guys real quick? Uh, Legends Arceus. Uh, I feel like we're running long, so I won't talk about it too long. It's great. I still love it. Uh, and then it's fun. Mario Strikers Battle League, which online Strikers Club mode started. But Kevin last week teased that he's disappointed in this game, so I feel like we should hear more about that. Go ahead, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, this, this last week, 
I was talking with Logan about this before. I have barely thought about Mario Strikers in the last week, and I feel like that's an issue. Because most of the time when you pick up a new game, especially if you were really excited about it coming out the gate and you didn't really have, I didn't really have a ton on my docket to play. You know, I was playing some Stardew, I was playing Legends Arceus and all these other games, but I didn't really have anything huge to take my time away from it. I played some of it and I just don't have a desire to go back. And that's not to say that the game is bad. I don't think it's bad. Light on content? Certainly. Mm-hmm. there It's... It's it's very light, especially if you're not big on on the online component. There's really not a ton for you to do there. But the core gameplay is fun for the right people. And I don't think the game was made for me. I look back on the original Strikers. It's much more pick up and play. There's a lot less going on. And with Charged, I kind of, I know that a lot of people don't like you know, the stage hazards and just a lot of random stuff that pops up. And I totally understand that. But I think that that kind of has its place if you want to get together and have for like a party and people aren't big on games and you just dump them in and it's kind of like a Mario party, just crazy stuff. Everything's happening. Whether or not the stage hazards are there isn't the biggest deal to me, but I think it's just that pick up and play nature that I'm really missing there. And Yes, I could spend a bunch of time trying to get really good at it and learn the ins and outs and everything. But I'm just not having enough fun right now to warrant going back in and spending a bunch of time to try and learn how the game works to play. Which is really disappointing because I see that core gameplay there. It's solid. I'm just not having enough fun trying to learn how the game works. And when a large component of the game is built around that online mode where these people are already just some of the matches like uh, Logan, we were playing one match together where this dude was doing passes to himself off the wall and doing mm-hmm. these crazy shots. It's which I've now figured out hard, how to do, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to, to learn when, when you're in that environment and I'm not having enough fun to, to go and play some of some of the CPU matches. So, I don't think the game's necessarily bad. It is light on content, but I think at the end of the day, the design of the game in comparison to what the first two games were just isn't for me. I tried to, I was playing with my girlfriend and trying to like explain everything in a couple of matches is really difficult. And it kind of solidified to me that this is not a game that you pull out at any sort of party unless people are already first in it because you're going to be sitting there explaining things for way too long. So I'm disappointed with it just from where I come from in liking the Strikers games. But I know, Logan, you you still are having a good time. Oh, yeah. I really like this game. I think my biggest disappointment in it is that none of my friends do. (laughs) Like, I'm the only one that I know that likes this game. It's just not driving. Mario Tennis. I have one friend that really likes it. Um, My friend Connor, who I do my baseball podcast with, loves this game. But all he plays are sports games. He plays MLB, he plays FIFA, he plays Madden, and he is extremely good at those. So this game weirdly fits in the types of games he's good at and likes. So I play with him a lot. So I do have one Strikers friend that I'm still playing with online. But yeah, um, I hear it from everyone I know that plays this game. They're like, 
I, I respect it, but it's just not worth my time to get into it. And I get that. I had the privilege of being able to play this thing early and had to get good at it so I could write about it for a guide. And so now that I'm at that level, I think it's a blast. But it's just a huge ask to of how complicated this is. There's so much going on. Like, it is a very technical game. It's maybe, like, I feel like the most technical Mario game there is. Like, it's crazy how much there is in this of thing. The, of the sports games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot going on. And I think it's really fun when you do get to that point where you, it clicks. But it took, like, 15 to 20 hours for it to really start clicking with me. And now I have, like, 40 hours in the game. And I love it. And I play online, like, every day. I'll pick it up and, and play a few matches. And I'm at that point where I'm doing crazy passes off the wall, bicycle kick, top corner of the goal, and it feels great. But, again, I had a friend over, and I was like, I just got strikers, but I don't want to explain it to them. So we just played Switch Sports and had a great time, because that game is very good in a very different way. Um, so, yeah, I get it. Um, also, real quick, Season 1 of the Strikers Club started. Wins and losses don't even matter. It's kind of weird. Like, I thought, like, you... All that matters is your point total. And you score point, six points for winning a match, two points for a draw, and one point for a loss. So yes, you, oh, get, so you get more for regardless. winning, but you get points no matter what happens. So it's huh. not even like you got to cultivate this really good club. Basically, the top clubs in the world right now are clubs that have 20 people that have played like a thousand matches in like two days. So it's just quantity over it is quality. pure volume. Yep. Which... To be fair for me, it would actually be a good thing because I'd be worried about just bringing any sort of club that I'm in down <laughs> yeah, yeah. because I'm just not good at it. Yeah. So from that perspective, I can kind of appreciate it because there could be that pressure. If you're one of the players on the club that does not play very often and you come in and you lose a match or two, it's not just like, well, that, I that's a good be point. playing in club yeah. mode. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it is a little interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think people are already abandoning this game. Basically, in the club mode, you are competing against six other teams to move up rank. Just random other clubs. And my club is very active because I still have people that are playing this game that I know. But then four out of the other five clubs in our division have zero points. They have not touched it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that this game is dropping off fast, dropping off hard. Which is a shame. That's fine. Yeah. I didn't buy it. Yeah. I made the right decision. I thought about um, like selling it back because I just sell don't... it to me. <laughs> yeah, send it all the way over there. Yeah, I just have not had a desire. Or like when I think about strikers, I'm like, man, I don't want to play that right now. I want to play something else. Yeah. I'll go play Stardew, or I'll go pick up Legends Arceus and play that instead. Yeah, and that is not not a good indicator. I will say, if you have not picked it up yet, if if you want that arcade style pick up and play from Strikers or Charge, do not pick this game up. Mm -hmm. I don't. Just don't. I think you're going to be really disappointed. But if you have the time and care enough to invest into getting good at this game, maybe give it a shot. Yeah, then it's yeah. a great time. Like I said, I still like this game. <laughs> I'm just bummed that no one else really seems to. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I don't think if they're just going to be adding in more characters, that's going to bring anybody back if that's no. the, the content that they're going with uh, with post-launch rollout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kevin, anything other than other than what we've talked about? Legends Arceus. I've uh, been playing some WarioWare. That's been fun. I've Ooh. finally gotten around to playing some of the games. I've uh, been playing it two-player for some of that, and it's been fun. I haven't played it enough to get 
uh, a lot of impressions on it, but I'm excited to play more. I'm more excited to play that than Strikers. <laughs> that Warrior was great. It's great. It's fun. Yeah. I'm enjoying unlocking the characters and uh, figuring out which character does what and, and trying to like build the loadout for uh, for the games. It's fun. Yeah, I, I like that some of the characters are just objectively terrible. There are characters that I just yeah. don't pick. I'm like, uh, sure. this sucks. <laughs> it makes the all-character rounds very interesting when you don't know what game you're going to get or who you're going to get. I think that game's a blast. I should play more of it. I kind of fell off of it. I should, I should go back and play more of that game. Yeah, we used to play it a lot. But yeah, that's, uh, that's it for me. Yeah, as for me, I've been playing a few games. I won't go too long because I know we've been talking a lot about Mario Strikers. At least some of us have been. But as for me, I've, I've been playing a few games. We'll be talking about it too much after. No, that's probably the only time we'll be talking about Mario Strikers. Yeah, I think this was so. the final time. So get your fill in, yep. Yeah. I, I played a few spooky games. I got a theme going on. It's uh, the time I, of year, right? I, end of June? <laughs> end of June. That's the spookiest time of year. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this on the show, but I've been replaying Bloodborne with a couple friends. Uh, one of the friends I played it with originally a few years ago and someone who is new to it. Um, still love it a lot. I'm noticing that a lot more of the uh, the Dark Souls formula after having played so much Elden Ring, I can kind of see where these games tend to overlap mechanically and what some of the big differences are. Like in this game, you can't jump. It's a little more linear. Uh, the enemies act differently you know putting so much time into Elden Ring I think it makes me appreciate this game a little bit more and I liked this game when I when I first played it but I didn't you know fall in love with it like a lot of people do because I'm not crazy into the Eldritch Horror aesthetic like some people get pretty into that kind of mm-hmm. you know that kind of genre of of any medium really so but you know going back and playing this after having experienced you know, the type of game that Elden Ring is. I'm I'm enjoying it a lot more, and I think I'm a little better at it, too, uh, which is which is good, because the first time I played it, I struggled with a lot of the bosses, but, but this time I'm, I've gotten better at dodge rolling and managing my kit better, like my, my runes. They're basically my talismans. I just, yeah, everything I think of in terms of Bloodborne is just, how does this work in Elden Ring, and how can I make this work in Bloodborne? <laughs> Trying to retroactively go back. <laughs> exactly. Which it should be the opposite because this game came out so long ago, like seven years ago. So Yeah, wow. Definitely uh, definitely weird. enjoying it. And yeah, my, my friend who's new to it took to it immediately and I feel like he's better than I am. So that's a little stressful. I've, <laughs> I've got to pick up the pace. I do a little bit of grinding on the side so I don't fall behind because we have to play each level three times because that's how these games work. We have to do our own worlds in order to progress um and then we, we always end up doing my world last so i get impatient and i just run through all the enemies and then i don't have any any ability to level up because i haven't killed anybody so now i'm under leveled <laughs> dang yeah it's it's a vicious cycle so uh but i'm still having a good time because bloodborne is arguably a fantastic game and then other than that i played ib which is a 10-year-old RPG maker horror game that uh, just recently got a Steam remaster, which is pretty crazy that anyone is still thinking about this game at all. Uh, But I played it back in high school like 10 years ago, and that was back when I was super into the RPG maker horror genre like Witch's House, Ib, Madfather, Misao, all that kind of crap. And I played Madfather earlier this year, so I was still, you know, this this is the time for remasters of these games, I guess. 
How good there's do some remasters than... of RPG Maker games look? They look exactly they... the same. Didn't okay. notice a single difference. Not really sure <laughs> so, what they meant. So it's just a re-release, basically. It's it, just it it's really here, felt it's like it, Steam. and it cost like twelve dollars, which I'm like, mm. all right, whatever. Um, and what it's did only you play two... it on originally? Was it not PC? Or it's, or it's, only, there... it's only ever been on PC. But was it on Steam? Has it been on it, Steam before? No, it was just okay. its own website where you would... Ah, just, okay. I don't even think it cost anything originally. I think I just downloaded it. I think that this is the first time it's ever cost money. So I don't know if they even removed the free download or what, but... Yeah, yeah it was. It only took two hours, and I played it. My friend watched me play it because he's also into this genre. He played them back in the day. Um, so we just sat down... Uh, this one I like the aesthetic of a lot. It's it's set in a museum. Uh, RPG maker uh, tries to utilize the stress of being chased for for its horror. So there's like all these museum pieces that come to life and chase you around, which I think is a lot of fun. It got a couple genuine like gasps out of me, like <laughs> oh my god. Still, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I haven't, play, I haven't played this game in like I ten guess, years, so yeah. uh, I I liked it a lot. And then it had a, a there's a bad ending, a medium ending, and a good ending. I got the medium ending because the good ending is hard to get. <laughs> like, it's, it's mm-hmm. oddly hard to get. You have to talk to your companion. I felt like I talked to my companion a lot, but you have to talk to him way more than that, apparently, just to get the good ending. So. You just didn't, sit there and, like, mash did, the button to talk to him? I guess so. I honestly, I don't even know because I felt like I talked to him quite a bit. So but at the I start of the game, enough. it's just like, for like yeah. 30 minutes, just talking to him over and over again and then play the rest of the game. Yeah, but it, it's a fun little two-hour experience, uh, a spooky game that I don't know if, how well it holds up without the nostalgia goggles because that was definitely a factor. So I don't know if I'd recommend it if you haven't played it already or weren't a fan of it 10 years ago. And then other than that, we talked about this briefly at the end of last week's show, but I did finish The Quarry a couple weeks ago, which is the spiritual successor, full-blown game, just like Until Dawn. I know that the Dark Anthology, is that what they're called? Dark Dark Anthology? Anthology. Dark Pictures Anthology. Man of a Dan. Um, <laughs> that's the one I remember. I no, do people, not remember people don't Dan like ones. those games. Yeah, Little Hope yeah. and, oh God, there's one other. Is House there of a third Ashes. one already out? Yeah, there's oh. three out. House of there's Ashes. There's three out Hope. now. Wow, and I don't think anyone likes any of them. They're all particularly short, and I don't think they're nearly yeah, they, they as good seem to just come as the main. Go. Yeah, which is they, good that, that the do. quarry is having a little bit more lasting power because yeah, the, people liked Until Dawn, and then they come out with mm-hmm. these other the Dark Pictures anthology, and they come out. People said Man of Madame was not good, and then the other ones just like fall off as soon as they come out. It seems. Yep, absolutely. And this one has been advertised as a full blown spiritual successor to Until Dawn. They have no mention of the Dark Pictures anthology anywhere, which is probably good to separate this game from yeah. that because you yeah. don't want them people to think that this is you know a shorter kind of you know dark pictures anthology type of game this is a full-blown game and i absolutely enjoyed it i thought it was a really really good game and i liked until dawn a lot back when i first played it and i played it a few times because it's you know these are the type of games that have a lot of replayability that you can replay with a bunch of different friends because there's all these choices you can make that and who makes it to the end is entirely up to you. All of the characters can die. You can get to the end with zero out of nine characters alive, or you can get to the end with nine out of nine characters alive. So that's like the fun challenge is trying to keep all of these stupid, absolutely stupid teenagers from dying <laughs> that when they're making horrible decisions. Um, 
And I, I like it a lot. I really enjoyed it. This one is uh, set in modern day, but it tries to evoke like a 80s creature feature type of feeling, which it does really well. And those are some of my favorite types of horror movies. Um, and it's like it's in even a got camp, like, right? Like a summer camp? Yep, it's, it's, that's exactly what it said. And it's very Friday the 13th set in a summer camp. It's even got like these uh, filters that you can turn on, like 80s movie film grain. Cool. I turned it on for like a minute and I was like, this is not how I'm going to play this entire <laughs> game. Not experience to play the yeah. game in. Cool for a Be second. Because when you play the game, normally it's the most beautiful game I've ever seen, which I know I say at least once a year, but it, each games just keep getting prettier. Makes sense prettier. in a new gen that you're saying that yep. more. This, this game is absolutely real. It looks better than real life, which I think I said last <laughs> week, and it still holds. Uh, it's crazy. I don't even understand how that's possible. Um, my biggest complaint on this game, uh, I think I said last week, it's that when you get close to the end game, any small decision can lead to multiple character deaths. Seemingly inconsequential de decisions, like run or hide, will just get your characters one killed. One is correct and one yep, is exactly. Not. And you have no way of knowing which is the case. So that that's my biggest complaint. But it does lend... This game does have a good amount of replayability, but I don't think it has enough variation in the story to have immediate replayability. I didn't want to replay it immediately to try and save everybody because um, I knew I would have to go through the entire first chunk of the game with having very little like change before people like decisions started mattering and people started dying, I would still have to go through all of that again. So I'm probably going to wait until pro closer to the, the spookier time of year, Halloween-esque, uh, play this again, try and save everybody. Uh, the replayability is still there. And when you do beat the game, you do unlock a do-over mode where you get three uh, mulligans. If someone dies, you can go back and choose a different uh, path, which I think maybe you should have given people that option like right off the bat because I felt really bad when I made a decision at the end of the game and my two favorite characters just instantly died at the exact same time. Though. It is. I'll always remember that. Traumatically, very traumatically <laughs> memorable, which is a bad thing. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought this game was great and I definitely recommend it. Glad that they're back on back on something good after, <laughs> after I, those dark pictures. Games. I was really I was kind of worried. worried. Yeah. Worried that they were going to go the same way that Telltale did. Because they're yeah. just pumping these games out and none of them really seem like they were making any sort of impact. I kind of felt like at any point they could just like vanish. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's good that people seem to really like this one and that it's getting a little bit more press. People are talking about it a little bit more than, than their last couple of outings. I feel like I've heard nothing like about any of the Dark Pictures games. They I've need to quietly just let go of the Dark Pictures anthology and just let that How die. many games were they wanting to do with that? I think they, they were eight? planning like eight yeah. or something else. Something insane. They're, if they go through eight, they're not going to be around unless they keep on pumping out games like <laughs> the Quarry. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's good that this one's good, that, that people like it. Yeah. At some point, I mean, we played Until Dawn uh, during Halloween one year. We're all together again. Maybe we uh, do a run through of this on, yeah, on Halloween in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. Is that it for you, Zach? I think so. And yes. that is going to be it for this episode. No O2 this week. Ran a little bit long. Had a lot of news to talk about once again. Any final thoughts before we wrap up for this week? It's crazy that I... Man, the Final Fantasy stuff's just nuts to me. That in the next year and a half, like, three major games are coming out. Man. 
That's going to be a lot of time. That's a lot of time spent playing Final Fantasy. But I'm looking yep. forward to all time. three a lot. It's time to be a Final just Fantasy fan. 16, I just had one more thought I wanted to share is that like, man, this is the first time in ages there's been something like entirely new to look forward to for Final Fantasy, it feels like. Because 15 was announced like a decade before it came out. And then 14 keeps getting updates, but that's the same game. And then 13 was like an entire trilogy that went on forever. And 7, even though it's different, it's still a remake. So to like have this entirely new jumping on point for Final Fantasy, I think is it's really exciting. It really has been a while, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. Zach, anything from you? I also enjoy Final Fantasy. That's good. That's good. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> Last thing, are we going to be talking about a Nintendo Direct this time next week? Yes. Probably not. I'll say yes. Okay. I think that so the, the Dragon no. Quest yes Treasures Logan, thing. I think it's also yeah. a yes I'm from a Dragon no. Quest Treasures. What yeah. in the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Zach is going to be a no, so check back in next week. Hopefully. I hope that we have a Direct to talk about. It should be good. All right, that's going to do it for us on this week's episode of Ode to Games. We're here on Thursdays or Fridays, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other podcast streaming services that you may use. Video version, once again, is on YouTube at Ode to Games. Subscribe and be there for every episode that comes out about the same time that the audio versions come out. So check it out there. We're on Twitter at Ode to Games. You can send an email to Gamescast at gmail.com. For Logan and Zach, I'm Kevin. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.